comes. Here. And watch out! He's got Wow! Point, because it's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good weight. A two footer. Oh my goodness. All the way! Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, it's US Open Week at Tory Pines, episode 24 of the Walk It In Pod. Mark and Jeff here. Jeff had a Garrick Higo top 20 last week. South Africans rolling. Didn't know to put the win bet on him. I even wrote in our column. I almost I put a win bet on Higo, and when I was looking at that column today, it made my skin crawl. It was like you were scared. You, you were you were right on the handicap. You just didn't take it the extra mile. I know that stupid top twenty prop. I couldn't take it the extra mile. You're exactly right. That's okay. Would have been a great payday. He was fifty to one. Yep. Kudos he, to Garrett Higo. Did he write? I mean, he won the tournament, right? But poor Chesson Hadley. Yeah. God. I know. Oh, that was <laughs> gut wrenching. Great but, for people who had Higo, and I doubt many had Hadley. I'm sure nobody had Higo tickets. I'm sure nobody had Chess and Hadley tickets. Do you think anyone had uh, Bo Van Pelt tickets no, too? Absolutely not. Good God, what a <laughs> I'm tournament, sure, man! I'm sure people were just rooting for Hatton and DJ by the end of it. You yes. know, to, to see if, if they can get them a win because they were pretty public plays. But in the end, kudos to Garrick Higo. The did you see all the Gary Player content afterwards? With that was cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Basically, wow. Gary Player FaceTiming or calling, I believe Higo to congratulate him as a a fellow South African. And I saying think, he basically said like I've never been I've never been as excited for anybody to win a tournament before. That's really cool. I, mean, I didn't, cool I didn't that hear for that Gary for Gary Player to say that too. And. Higo, Garrick Higo is 22 years old. Like he's a young pup, man. That was his second start on tour. Yeah. And he's won a couple times in the on the European tour in the last yeah. month or so. Like coming in playing hot, gets it done. And then to have that kind of moment with a, a PGA tour legend. Watch uh, people have been writing about this and rightfully so. Watch out for the South African young guns come president's cup time in the future because not only did Higo play well, but Wilco uh buyer if i'm yeah. anywhere close to pronouncing that right can <laughs> unload on the golf ball like That's that right. man sends it into the stratosphere it looked really good that guy has an, a cannon attached to the end of his driver yeah uh i would say in general golf's in a pretty good spot with young superstars what do you think I think they're in a great spot. Well, we <laughs> talked about this before with respect to the professional golf league and the Saudi back stuff. Like if those people are watching and I'm sure they're, you know, licking their chops and some of the young guns they could possibly go after. And then you always hear about, you know, Phil and some of the older guys who still draw a crowd. Um, golf is in a pretty good spot. And I, I just looked this up. It's Nienaber. Wilco Nienaber. That's way easier to pronounce than I thought. <laughs> way easier i can't believe i didn't look this up ahead of time i feel like an idiot it's, it's great for the listeners who think this is a bit your pronunciation it's gaff. a real thing yeah it's this a is, real thing you are yeah, that bad it is i'm terrible although would you have known would you have had you gone first no, and yeah. i'm pretty good at but see, pronunciations this is, and names you are you've shown that on this podcast you're also a, a pro in the sense that you let me go first you let me mess it up giving you freedom yeah well, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Of course you do. 
Of course you do. We've been doing this for what, 24 episodes now? Exactly. We're, we're good. Yeah, exactly. But, what other thoughts do you have from the Palmetto Championship? I loved the course, by the way. Sorry to cut you off before, after, right after answering your hmm. question. But No, I mean, I, I didn't honestly watch a lot of it. I had a bachelor party in Virginia. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Sloppy Al. We tried to play golf. We literally tried to play golf in a cloud. Could not see 10 yards in front of you. The content was electric. The content was. We stopped after basically 12 holes. Just realized that this was a fool's errand. And no amount of beers could get us across the finish line for 18 holes. But anyways, so I missed a lot of the tournament this weekend. Flying back to Chicago. So didn't catch as much of the course as I wanted. But um, I think Sunday was just kind of a wild ride. It was the chess and Hadley collapse and you've got guys who really didn't have a shot finding themselves winning the tournament or being like a stroke out of a playoff mm-hmm. on the last hole because of Hadley. So I think for a tournament like this, it in a weird way, like lived up to expectations. It was just kind of weird and different and fits right before a major. It just, I guess it was kind of what I expected. Yeah. I mean, awesome course, obviously a weaker field. Um, so it, it's almost it's almost like every time there's a weaker field, there's something quirky happens. There's drama. There's people choking. There's, you know, hole outs and eagles and this, that, the other to make it exciting, you know, because yeah. every single week, it doesn't really matter what the field is like. Golf is going to be exciting yes. uh, more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, it, you know, a little bit of a fluky thing with the field and, and everything. But um I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. I did too. I mean, I enjoy every golf tournament. I'm we're fortunate enough to pay attention to golf the way we do. And even if I didn't watch all the shots this weekend and catch as much of the course, um, it it doesn't matter what the tournament is. You can find storylines and enjoy the heck out of it. And even so when you're, you're betting, like you said, I had the Higo pick and that, that was pretty much trending well since the start Pat Perez hit the top 20, Vince Whaley, Patton Kazire, Keith Mitchell, burn it down. I mean, those guys weren't even in the mix. All three missed the cut. So my my freaking guy, Ian Poulter, who I put all my chips yeah, uh, on this heavy week, Pulse exposure, finished one stroke out of the top 20. Mm-hmm. He finished uh, top 25. That was that was heartbreaking. Um, he actually he dominated the back nine. I think he was like eight under on the back nine. Didn't get enough done on the front. I think for the week he was plus three on the front, and he needs to be better uh, if he's going to cash a top twenty, a top ten, and a win bet for me. But sure does. But I was noting this today as I was looking over everything in prep for this podcast. For you, not for Poulter, you're a big game hunter, and we're coming up on U.S. Open. If you go back to Kiowa, you cleared over twelve units for the PGA yeah. at Kiowa. Yep, ma- masters. I usually do well. Yep. I'm a, I lurk around the leaderboards. The November <laughs> masters, you were double digit up, up double digit units. PGA, yeah. you were. I mean, when it comes time for a major, you want to tune in, turn turn the volume up just a little bit more for when Mark's picks come around. That's, That's when you want to be listening. That's a lot of pressure. I'm blushing a little bit. You can live up to it. But yeah, we're gonna try. We're come gonna on, try. you're a four horseman champion. You can live up to this. You're good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not a whole lot news and notes around the world of golf. Uh, Bryson and Brooks. A well, I have bit one more this week. Oh, I have. I have one. The I saw this on 
Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, Brad Faxon, um, on with Michael Breed, I believe, basically said that the U.S. Open reached out to Brooks, or sorry, to Bryson, about pairing with Brooks, and Bryson's people, or Bryson, declined the opportunity. So we talked about this last week a little bit and the makeup of uh, tea times and featured groups, et cetera. And we knew, or at least we had an idea. And I think you mentioned it last week that Tyler Strafazzi would be paired with, um, Bryson. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I had thought. Yes. And then, so that happened. And then is the third spot up for grabs? Is that how Matsuyama got in their group? Like, I would believe it. Like Brooks could have had that spot. And then, uh, and then since Bryson said he didn't want to play with Brooks, it went to Matsuyama. Like, how did that, how does that work? Maybe, but Matsuyama was T17 in the 2021 or in last year's US Open. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But the, I think the point I wanted to make was it is still so hard to be on Bryson's side with all of this. I know. Because, and, and I, I no lane up, put it perfectly. Like he does the exact opposite of a thing you should do in all of these moments. And I just can't comprehend why, like you pick a fight on social media, like you go at Brooks, let's call a spade a spade. And then you're given this opportunity that golf fans are clamoring for. And for what I can at least tell you would be open to based on all the chirping and you decline. Like, again, you just do the wrong things in all these moments and it becomes so difficult because you're so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Either Brooks, be in or be out. Be in or be out. Brooks is in. He's all for it. I say it every podcast we talk about with Brooks and Bryson. The guy's got consistent. I don't love it. He's just consistent. Yeah. Uh, and, Br- and Bryson's not. I, I agree with you 100%. I, I think Bryson needs to just cut the shit, basically. Right. It's got to, it, it's, it's it, over. Right. I think it's over. Brooks. Are we declaring Brooks the winner? I think this podcast has declared Brooks the winner. Now you two just move on. You don't have to like each other, but let's cut the the social media stuff. And again, I've seen nothing that confirms that this actually happened. But I would imagine Brad Faxon is a person who would have knowledge. Yeah. Are you? I don't. So do you believe Brad Faxon? He wouldn't lie about this on the radio, or was he just given bad information? Because I, mean, I don't know, I don't know truthfully the ins and outs of making featured groups and, and that I sort of either. thing. Like, exactly. do they actually go to Brooks and Bryson and all these players, whoever it may be, and say, "Do you want to play with X, Y, Z?" And and maybe, but I also imagine that that would be a nightmare scenario for anyone who's trying to put these tea times together. Like, mm-hmm. they group the best players in the world together because that's what we get on the featured group coverage, and that's what golf fans want to see. So. I know that they're doing their own picking, but to the point made before, Strafaji and DeChambeau are playing together. Maybe that third spot was up for grabs. And, and maybe because Bryson's a defending champion, they said, hey, Bryson, we're thinking about putting Brooks in your group. What do you think? And maybe that's the only person who would ever even have a say is the defending champion. Right. I, I don't know. It would be interesting for the PGA Tour because this is such a thing to shed some light on that maybe. But I can also see them not wanting to burn Bryson. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, they, they would don't... never speak on it. Ever. Exactly. Exactly. Um, ironically, Brooks is now in a group with JT and Morikawa, which is awesome. But he's got the early late 
you know, oh, Thursday, yeah, Friday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Bryson's got late early. So they're they're like completely separated yeah, they as won't far be, as featured groups go. They but, might pass uh, each other in the lunch line or something, but that's yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, uh we can we can stop it there. Yep. You and I are both in agreement that Bryson is it's over a big whiny loser it's done. in this situation. I've just ended it. It's over. Yep. Um, as a former Bryson defender, it's over. There you go. Jeff has spoken. Um, featured groups are awesome this week, by the way, while we're talking about featured groups. Yeah, let's talk about it. So we got Morikawa, JT, and Kepka, DJ, Rory, Justin Rose, who mm-hmm. I think is going to have a pretty good week this week, by the way, Justin Rose. I, I, am, um, I am bullish on Justin Rose as well. Zalatoris, Scheffler, Spieth. Sweet group there. Yep. Um, Leishman, Rom, and Reed. Mm-hmm. Leishman might be overlooked in that group, having a great year, obviously. Yep. Homa, Phil, Xander. That's a, I like that group. Some California. I feel like Homa and Phil. <laughs> I mean, we talk about Homa's podcast, and I'm like one of the biggest Homa fanboys out there. Can you imagine? And Shane Bacon does a great job with Homa, but a Homa, Phil, podcast would be electric yeah those guys would have content for hours did you see all the phil content with the match phil bryson tom brady aaron Rodgers? oh yeah oh yeah phil phil's just a showman obviously yes he sure is tom brady and aaron Rodgers were great yep i'm looking forward to that i wish bryson wasn't a part of it selfishly but whatever (laughs) um and then the last couple groups real quick Cantlay, usti sung jm is whatever to me Yep. Matt Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like we mentioned uh, earlier, Bryson, Hideki Matsuyama, Tyler Strafazzi. Yep. Strafazzi? Strafazzi. Yeah. Hey, good try. Good yeah. try. You messed Thank up you. the pronunciation. Sorry. Do you want to go first? So it's no big deal. Correct that? No big deal. Um, so good featured groups. Obviously, loaded field. It's a major. No duh. Um, what do you think? I, I love it. Open prep groups, the whole thing, your excitement level, what's going on in the brain. So for me, the U S open is, it's really hard to say between Augusta and the U S open, which major is my favorite. I actually like the rotating course with the U S open because you see new places. We've been to one when we went to Oakmont back in, I believe that was 2016. If I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah, that was the year DJ one. So 2016, um, and loved it and just thought that the whole experience, uh, the course and the way they set it up, USGA obviously has certain things they want. Augusta for its beauty, US Open for its challenge. Both yeah. are challenging courses, but the US Open for the fact that ideally their winner is no more than a couple strokes under par. And low key, the best part of the major this this week specifically, mm-hmm. West Coast golf means primetime golf on the East Coast. So great point, because I was just looking at this. NBC has the rights to the U.S. Open. I think in the past, we've actually been on Fox. And yeah, now Joe, we're Buck. Moving... Joe Buck was doing it. That's right. You get some Joe Buck on your tube. That's now, right. through NBC, their coverage on Thursday and Friday runs until 10 p.m. Eastern time. Amazing. Yeah. And there's like Peacock and everything will have some of the round, round one coverage starting around like... 9 30 in the morning. Um, I believe because PGA tour live runs through NBC sports, you'll get all the featured groups there. Like you normally would just an awesome. Yeah. You can basically just set the television. You've got all day golf. 
Yeah. Once a year, I really love waking up early for the British Open. I love that too. See, that's the thing that always gets me. I love but waking up at 6 a.m. Me and too. Not even. I go like 4 a.m. Yeah, I love it. Depending, yeah, you're depending a on the tea times. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I'm all about it. But conversely, especially now that I've got a kid who, you know, does, we start bedtime, you know, seven, eight yep. o'clock, whatever. If there's still golf on afterwards, that's amazing. My only, uh, my only worry for you is come Sunday. I know I'm maybe that's missed like the peak end bedtime. I know, but father's day, maybe I get a little, that's slack. right. That's right. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe little guy will let you not tuck in. Exactly. Yep. yep. So, yep. Well, I mean, father's day finish on us open. Wow. Awesome. Big right? weekend. Big yeah. weekend. Anything else leading into the tournament that is of note for you? No. Um, uh, we'll talk about John Rahm, obviously. Mm-hmm. Had to withdraw the last time out after being up by a million strokes. How does he come back? Does he have any taste and smell? Does he have any <laughs> side effects, et cetera? Um, yeah. how do, you know, how's, how's he doing, basically? He's overwhelming favorite going into this. I will add, he had a press conference today, and his response around the whole withdrawal was incredibly mature. It was, is he turning a corner? I don't know. It, it, well, I mean, I doubt on the golf course he's turning the corner. Maybe in the media and whatnot. And he's, I think, always been pretty great with the media. But he yeah. more or less said, this is a real thing. I knew this was a possibility when I was in contact tracing. The rules of the rules and the PGA had to do what they had to do. And it was almost like he listened to this podcast the other week and said what we yeah. said. But I thought that it was figure. interesting that he responded the way he has to what Obviously sucks for him, uh, but it generally seemed like he was in good spirits and ready to contend. Good. I'm excited. Yeah. I yeah. love Rom this week. I think he's due for really good tournament. You know my thoughts on people who aren't necessarily closers, but I think he, you know, <laughs> he of uh, not being a major winner yet, um, he's a little bit different than Xander and Finau and Fleetwood and some of those guys. And that I think he is, first of all, he's better than them. Yes. Second of all, yes. he's just a fiery type of guy who I think has the metal and wherewithal and what, what not to get it done. Um, so he's got five, just to touch on this, he got five career wins. One of them came at the farmers here at Torrey Pines in 2017 correct. career builder challenge in 2018 Zurich in 19. And then that's a team event. Yep. But I still believe it is counting towards his PGA Tour wins. Yeah. Right. And then the Memorial, Jack's place, and then the BMW. So I would say Memorial and BMW would be wins, marquee wins, right? Right. Right. Okay. Well, then if you look at, and I'm pulling this up right now because I don't want to misspeak, but if you look at Shoffley, who we rag on a lot on this podcast, Shoffley won the tour championship, right? Four career wins. He's got tour championship, Green Briar. He's got a WGC, which is no slouch of a tournament. And right. he's got the Century Tournament of Champions. He's got four. And I agree with you. Rom well, is the better hold player. Hold on. Rom is the These better are, player. Okay. But now, go back through those wins, not the Green Briar, but the WGC, yep. which is what, an invite only thing. Yep. Tournament of Champions, invite only thing, mm-hmm. and the Tour Championship, well, only thirty players. Right, all also three of those yeah. are are smaller fields, yep. less people to beat. True. Now, granted, the fields are strong. Yep, 
but less people to beat also. Fair. Something fair, to consider. Fair counterpoint to, to the resumes of the two, but I will agree with you entirely that Rom is obviously the better golfer. And well, we're going to talk about Xander also because Tory Pines is a place where yes. Xander gets brought up a lot, obviously. Sure if, is. If the listeners remember back earlier in the season at the Farmers, I picked Xander to miss the cut. And he came in second. And he came in second. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff. He came in second. And I said specifically, I don't look often to make plays like this on Xander Shoffley because I like Xander Shoffley right. in right. general. But his experience, his course history at Tory was not great for whatever reason. And then right. he shoved it up my hoop. But it was. It was bad for a while. And it, it, that's the question is like, Tory Pines for the Farmers is very different than Tory Pines for the U.S. Open. And was Xander's experience this year a turn the corner moment or an outlier in the rest of the data? And, and right. no one will know until this weekend is over. So anyways, anything, I mean, we just touched on Rom and it got us into some people that we're probably going to profile here shortly, but anything else for the people before we jump into our picks? Not that I can think of, man. Okay. Um, I've got kind of a mixed card this week. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've got a lot of superstars on there because it's a U.S. Open. It's, you know, typically a harder setup than the players will see. So the cream will rise to the top, yada, yep. yada. But, you know, I also feel like I've got some mid-tier players, we'll call it, that I think can do pretty well here with some placement bets. So I'm excited to share the card. Uh, I know you're confident about yours as well. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, quickly to break it down, we've already touched on this, but we are headed west Again, primetime golf on the East Coast. But they'll be teaming up at Torrey Pine South. Got Poana Greens, which we've touched on before on this podcast. A little bumpier, tough tough to put on. Towards the end of the day, the way they grow, I guess the best way to describe it is like kind of budding. So it gets a little bit bumpier on the way to the cup. You got Kakuya Rough, which if you, if you look at Ian Poulter's Instagram, where he's like, can you see my ball? No, you absolutely <laughs> cannot see his ball. Um, and he's maybe seven yards off the green at that stage. Yeah. Um, so they're going to grow it really, really long. Like they do. Um, some people like Bryson DeChambeau have been able to tame that, but they're going to make it challenging. They've already moved Tory, which is typically a par 72 to a par 71 measuring in at 7,652 yards. So very long. And to go from a 72 to a 71, they turn number six from a par five to a par four, which will play at 515 yards. So all of that leads me very quickly to my approach this week, which is, as I think most people would say, distance off the tee, uh, and then generally the tee to green game, because I just don't think you can have a weakness here. You said cream rises to the top. I believe the same thing. I think the best players find themselves here. If you look back at the last 10 winners, I mean, Jordan Speed, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson. You're not getting 50, 60, 80 to one long shots, generally right. speaking. So for me, that's kind of my approach. Looked a little bit around the green and just people who generally performed well at US Opens in the past. It's kind of how I rounded my card out this week. Anything for you on approach? You know, same sort of stuff. T to green is huge just because of the length of the rough and how difficult the setup is. Getting off the tee and not being in trouble is going to be paramount i think yep uh narrow fairways you know greens are going to be difficult poa is a more difficult 
surface to putt on, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, course history, I think, needs to be looked at because even though, like you said, the Farmers is set up differently than a U.S. Open, it's still familiar uh, familiar to them yep. uh, to a degree. Yep. So tee to green, off the tee, you know, a combination of those stats – and then, of course, you know, I, I want good putters and uh, some good history on the course if I could find it. Love it. You, my friend, are away. So I will Love let it. you lead us off on Inside the Levitt. All right. My first bet, let's start off with a prop and a bang, hopefully. Let's go. John Rom. Now, this is offered by DraftKings. John Rom, top 20 after round one. Love it plus 150 for two units. I love this play uh, so much. John Rahm, um, he has three, I believe, uh, three results worse than 13th on tour since mid-October. And it's one missed cut, a 32nd, and a 34th. So even those three starts, those three finishes outside of 13th place aren't bad. We mentioned the chip on his shoulder after withdrawing. What's going to happen um, with that? Uh, is he healthy? Is he ready? Um, and then his um, round one scoring. He is currently 13th in round one scoring with a 69.8. So I liked him to come out firing. Um, yep. I will save some of my other John Rom nuggets <laughs> because I love him um, and I'll be coming back to him. But round one prop. Top 20 on Thursday, Love plus it. 150 for two units. Love it. You're always good for a good prop. Come, I think that's time. a good one, right? I, don't I agree. Think I've done, I don't think I've 20? done a round one placement bet other than like a first round leader, but that's, you know, this is something different. I'm looking at this right now. I yet to scroll over. I couldn't see it in the way my um, DraftKings was formatted, but I see it now. Didn't kind of love that. I think I will probably add some of these to my card before Thursday morning. This feels like a very fun way to enjoy the first round of the major. Agreed. All right. My first inside the leather pick top 20. I'm going to Sam Burns plus 275 for two units. Sam Burns is obviously one on tour this year. While he has not been a U.S. Open, uh, he hasn't consistently been in U.S. Opens. He's only had two appearances, one in 2018, one in 2016. uh, T41 in 18 and cut in 16. So nothing super eye popping there, but his numbers have been trending very well. Short game, especially he's been putting incredibly well over 36 rounds. And in the last 12, his around the green game is coming into form and his approach numbers have been very solid for a while now. And his off the tee game is good. And he checks in on the PGA tour 30th in distance. The only red flag with Sam Burns is enough us open experience, but I think this year he's shown he's coming into his own again, young guy. I think he can compete this week, but I'm going to at least have this sort of betting on his floor uh, at the top 20 for plus 275 for two units. Uh, you mentioned lack of us open experience, success, etc. I feel that way with my next guy. That's Terrell Hatton. I've got him for a top 20 as well. That's plus 250. Um, I'm going to just put one unit on it because of that lack of experience. Uh, He's made the cut twice in four U.S. Open starts. He is playing really well, though. A sneaky T2 last week at Congaree. 
after admittedly being rusty going into it. So that first round was in the seventies, I think it's 71, 72, something like that. Um, could have won that tournament if, you know, he put four really, really good, uh, rounds together with a Thursday. Um, he's 13th on tour T to green. He's fourth in approach, had an awful putting week last week, but he is a better putter than that. And hopefully he brings it. He's half a stroke better almost on, on the POA and he's got eight top 25s and 15 starts this year on tour. So, uh, hoping he comes through with the top 20, it's two and a half to one for somebody who is in really good form and top 10 in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go for another top 20 with another guy who I think is in really, really good form. Uh, and a guy who's won a U.S. open in the past and that's Webb Simpson. He is plus 188 for a top 20 this week. And I, I really like Webb Simpson for a lot of reasons. The only reason based on my approach that would give me any pause is his driving distance. He ranks 133rd on the PGA tour. So he's below average, but Webb's shown a ton of great form at U.S. Opens in the past. And like I said at the top, the USGA always sorts of, sort of sets up the courses similarly, right? So if he's done well before, why can't he do well here? His short game is some of the best out there. His approach game is some of the best out there. And his U.S. Open history speaks for itself. His form this year, he's missed one cut, and it's the players. And as it goes to like missing cuts, I basically throw the players out the window. It's such a weird tournament. I mean, yeah, great guys win it and it's golf's fifth major, but I don't, everything else, this guy is churning out top tens and top fives all season you know, long. You know who doesn't throw that missed cut out the window? Me, because I picked Webb that week and I know. one and done. I know, which sucks. Because <laughs> if you look at the rest of the season, you pick them any other time with a one it's, and done it's and crazy. you would have been cashing. Yeah, I know. And not it's just crazy. cashing, you would have been in like a really good spot. But I do like, I like Webb a lot this week too. I looked at this, the stats, his results, his US Open history, et cetera. He's a, a former champ. Yep. Um, so I, you know, I like the pick. Um, Two units. That's a great. That's a great one. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit more conservative with my next one. It's a uh, top thirty. This one's going to be on another guy that finished um, uh, T two last week. That's Jonathan Vegas. Johnny Vegas. He, uh, uh, like I said, T two at Congaree. T nine two weeks before that. He's fourth this season off the tee. Very good driver of the golf ball, which is important at U.S. Opens. Um, so if he can keep it in the fairways, not find the trouble, I think he's going to be in really good shape, especially considering his form in his last 16 rounds. He's first in this loaded field in strokes gained off the tee. 21st strokes gained tee to green and uh, 41st in strokes gained approach. So he's playing really well, even as it stacks up against this loaded U.S. open field. Um, I'm going to go with a conservative top 30 just because of the magnitude of the event. Mm -hmm. But that's even that is still plus 225. Um, so I'll put a unit on that. Love it. You want to lead off for double breaker? I don't have any other inside of other picks, or do you want me to go? Um, I would, but I know you've got a few more that you wanted to highlight. So okay. why don't you just start with double breaker? Cause you've got more double breakers. I had more inside the leather picks this week. Perfect. All right. So double breaker, I am possibly putting off the green on this one. I don't even know where this is really coming in at, but if anyone on this podcast, listening to this podcast has heard of this player, I would love to know where and how. Um, because I didn't until doing research for this tournament. And I am taking Chan Kim. Who? Chan Kim. Not hard to pronounce. <laughs> thank God. 
for a top 20 at 10 to one for a half unit. And I thought about top 30, top 40, and I was like, nope, just swinging for it. Chan Kim typically plays on the Japan tour. Chan Kim can bomb the golf ball, 307 yards distance, average distance. I'm if it looks like if it looks like I'm not paying attention to you, that's because I'm looking up who this fella is. Let's go. So just Look keep him up. going. Follow yeah, along. Going. Follow along. 370 yeah. yard distance on the Japan tour since November. He's rattled off four top fives, including a win in six tournaments. He has made, and of course, you're probably saying, "Well, that's just Japan tour." What are you talking about? This doesn't hold a candle to the PGA tour. And you're that's right; it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. That is fact. But he did play at Kiowa last month. T23. Don't think a single person whispered the name Chan Kim on a broadcast or in an article <laughs> coming out of the PGA. But Chan Kim has played well on US soil in limited starts. So this kind of feels like top 20 is a major flyer and the odds would say as much, right? But I feel like Chan Kim can hold his own out here. He's played in the Zozo T60 back in uh, October, played at the WGC at the concession T35. And then PGA, T23, had a very good Sunday. Why not? Why, Why not? not? A half unit? I mean, Chan Kim, he's got a decent short game. His approach numbers aren't terrible. When I saw him on the data golf numbers, I was like, what? Who is this guy? And I, and again, like I, I could have hedged it. I think it's plus 450 for a top 30 if you're scared to not step up to the top 20 plate with me. But Chan Kim, let's do it, buddy. Half unit. Okay. I listen, your handicap is good. I he sounds enticing. I don't know who he is, but he sounds enticing. I did not hear anything about him on the broadcast or anywhere else. I was gonna say Kiwa, neither did I. But this poor I fella. like it. T23 is nothing <laughs> to be ashamed of coming out of I mean, Kiowa was brutal. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I, uh, go Chan Kim. Go Let's Jeff. go, baby. um i'm gonna highlight some more rom stuff because i love him this week i'm gonna put a full unit on the win for him he's 10 and a half to one right now um normally i don't love playing odds like that um but i just think rom gets it done this week i think he's my clear-cut favorite uh at tory this week he's won there before Got good history in majors, albeit no wins, but he's up there. Um, so, you know, hopefully if if all goes well, he's going to be contending. Um, he is uh, second on tour, strokes gained tee to green, 12th in approach, fifth in uh, green regulation percentage. He's a better putter on the POA. Um, four top tens in his last five trips to Tory Pines. I can keep going. I love Rom this week. I'll put the full unit on a 10 and a half to one win. Rightfully so. Well, it was a bit of foreshadowing when we got into our Rom Shoffley debate earlier. And uh, you could have probably put two and two together that both would show up on the card. You've heard the Rom love. Now you get to hear the Shoffley love because I'm taking Xander Shoffley 14 to one to win. And I couldn't feel better about it. Even though he hasn't won a big tournament or a cut tournament, <laughs> those were those words have never been uttered in podcast history. What words? I've never felt better about a Xander Shoffley U.S. Open win bet. Xander Shoffley and the U.S. Open is a machine. Maybe not a outright winning machine, but I think it's a matter of time. Four appearances in the last four years. It's the worst placement. T six. 
No, I I agree. He's a, I, he's he's, a machine here. He, I agree. He's well, a he's a machine at the at the U.S. Open. Is he a machine at Tory? Remains to be seen. We've already talked about the fact that he does, has not played the farmers well in the past, but did tee second back in February. And Xander's game across the board. I, if there's one area where you're like, yeah, don't know if I buy this piece. It's his around the green game. He's not necessarily the best with the with the wedges, but. I'm going to take the U.S. Open familiarity, the length off the tee, it's 26th in distance on the PGA Tour, which I don't know how many people realize just how long Xander Shoffley can be off the tee. But I think I'm mostly basing this handicap off of the incredible form at the, at the U.S. Open in the past. And at 14 to 1, there's a lot of guys with, with short odds. He's one of the guys I, I feel really good about. The, these guys are similar odds. What do you say we make this a bourbon bet? Between you Rob still, and, you still and have to pay up. You have to pay up your last one still. I think you still owe me one as well. I think you've do only I? paid two of your bets. Oh, my God. I'll yeah. have to check the receipts. I would check the Venmo receipts if yeah. I were you. I'm okay. pretty sure it's All only right. good too. But well, yes, gladly. Virtual handshake, Rom Shoffley, better finish. Both have to make, or one has to make the cut. Yes. Spoken. Okay. Perfect. Deal. All right, you there you have it, folks. Another bourbon bet. It makes its return. This Go. time is it's a, a big time major bet. And, Rom and versus look at Shoffley. me. I'm not even asking for strokes and a guy who's four points. I wouldn't shorter. give you more than half a stroke <laughs> anyway. Anyways, well, Shoffley's gonna win, so it doesn't matter. On to your I, next on to your next double breaker. My next double breaker, it's something that I think you're on as well. Victor Hovland, our guy. 25 to one on DraftKings right now. I'm going to put half a unit on that. He's going to get it done at some point. It's going to be sooner rather than later. He was T2 at Farmers this year, T13 at the U.S. Open earlier in the season. He's done really well in his major starts to start his career. He's eighth on tour in uh, strokes gained T to green. He's fifth off the tee. He's 21st in approach. The guy is doing everything right. He's a beast. He's in one of the featured groups this week. We'll get to see plenty of him. I hope he gets it done uh, for the odds sake at 25 to one, but uh, I love Hovland and uh, see you've got it 22 to one. I have no idea how this is happening. This is not the first time where a number that you see on DraftKings is a different number than what I see on DraftKings. I am holding my phone up to the screen right now. What is with these Illinois odds? Yeah, I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull mine up just so that you know there's no funny business going on. I, I feel like we need to screenshot these and send them into DraftKings and be like, yo, what's the deal? Yeah. Because uh, I'd like three more points on my Victor Hovland win bet. Can you, can you see mine? Uh, yes, I can now. Twenty. What is happening? 25 to 1. Oh, my God. And I don't get these it. Are, these are live, real-time, yeah. 9 p.m. Tuesday odds. That is crazy. Anyways, no one cares about that other than you and I right now. But let me just add... Even if DraftKings is only going to give me 22, I'll take 22. I'll do it. I'm on it. Yeah. Victor Hovland to win. You want to add anything? Or was no. my handicap that cut pristine? So pristine. I'll give Thank you the you. credit that you deserve. That was Thank a pristine you. handicap on Hovland. Guy's a machine. He's got the weapon in the driver. Onward. Yeah. Can I go again? Okay, I'll, I'll take it one more time. Yeah, go ahead. You've got a couple more win bets, I know. I do. I do. Um, let me, yeah, let me stick on the win, the win bet train here. I'm gonna also take Rory McIlroy this week at 20 to 1. And I took Rory when we were at Quail Hollow at 19 to 1 because I said at the time 
These odds are too long for a player of the caliber of Roy McIlroy. This field is obviously much more difficult than the field was at Quail Hollow, although Quail Hollow wasn't a pushover field by any stretch. I think the thing for me with Rory that actually made me place this was the trend line on his approach numbers. Because earlier on in like March and April, it's kind of like, where is the approach game? He's hooking left a lot of his wedges. He's playing scoring clubs and unable to put it into scoring positions. But the numbers trend line, the trend line is very good in his last 36 and then into his last 12 with the approach, his distance off the tee has always been a weapon. He's second in driving distance. So I feel like with his U S open pedigree, short games coming around, irons are coming around. Like maybe this is the right time for Rory. He's already won once this year, but I think another major would really kind of bring him back to where we would expect him to be back to back T uh, back to back top tens rather U S open in the past. So I'll, again, I'll do it and I'll take Rory. I'll take him for a half unit 20 to one. I'll, I'll root for Rory any day of the week. Love I just love, for Rory. love watching him. I love listening to him. I love everything about Rory. Um, you know, so that's a good bet. I'm not on it, but I will be rooting for him for sure you as see, a fan. Do you see he brought Yuka Sasso to the course? Really? Today? Yeah. I did not see that. Brought her inside the ropes because you awesome. remember us talking about right. Yuka Sasso. Winning. the same exact swing. Yeah. yeah. And Yuka said she basically copied it from, from Roy. So that was kind of cool to see them hanging out together. Yeah. So I, if I learned Rory's swing, would he bring me inside the ropes? I Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> He'd be a fun one to walk around with. I would really enjoy a day of golf with Rory McIlroy. Yeah, absolutely. What? You're, you're uh, let's see. I'm looking at the card here. Yeah, I've got one more okay. uh, that uh, I feel really good about. It's a matchup parlay. I don't do a lot of these. I know you've done a few over the uh, the course of these 24 episodes, but um, great matchup parlay. 12 and a half to one are the odds. Brooks Kepka over Bryson, because you know I had to get a little piece of that. Yep. Leishman over Fleetwood. Morikawa over Reed. Casey over Fitzpatrick. Put all those in a blender. You get 12 and a half to one. Put a half unit on it. Voila. I feel like the, dessert. the only way this loses, which means it'll lose a different way, or maybe even win. Thanks, here, thanks here a I lot, putting, partner. Putting my lips all over your matchup parlay. <laughs> I mean, well, we could talk about the Kepka Bryson one. Yeah, go ahead. Break it, break down my matchup. Parlay. I just I just think the Bryson model for, for the US Open is very intriguing. But Kepka is a US Open machine in his own right. So obviously it, it's more or less a coin flip. I like Leishman over Fleetwood. I Morikow over Reed is interesting. I love Casey over Fitzpatrick. Casey's gonna end up like T6. Right, like, like always won't win but he'll be right there and mm-hmm. this is a fun one i like the ones you pick just from a pure entertainment perspective yeah i uh, i feel good about it um i didn't want to go full unit just because it's tough to get four matchups correct in one parlay but yeah um you know 12 and a half to one for these guys you know i'm gonna need my guy morikawa to play well i think he really i think he will uh casey fitzpatrick i feel the best out of i was gonna say i like that one a lot um leishman is in good form he tends to compete with with the best of them in majors um so i you know i feel pretty good about that fleetwood doesn't scare me as a major contender yet in his career um and then you know kepka bryson could be a coin flip but Mm -hmm. i'm not going to root for bryson (laughs) that's for sure 
it would be tough for me to root for Bryson at this stage anyways, but uh, love that. Love that you're getting into the matchup parlays and you got a prop on the card. This is a great looking card top to bottom for you. Thank you very much. Check out our sub stack and no laying up. That's so you right. Can see it in written form too. That's right. Cause we'll have all the reasonings behind every pick there in, in the written word. I have two final picks. Cause I think you're, you're tapped out on yours. Um, I just want to quickly touch on a group winner, uh, group F on DraftKings. I'm taking Justin Rose three and a half to one for a unit. I have him besting Matthew Fitzpatrick. Who we just talked about. There we Phil, go. Phil Mickelson. Don't believe he's going to have the magic twice. Gary Woodland, I know he's won a U.S. Open. It was at Pebble Beach. Don't really buy the wood like Woodland showing up. Uh, and then Cam Smith, and I love Cam Smith, but his driver's been poor. His approach numbers have been poor. He's an around the green savant, but you can only do that for so long. You just you can't. So Rose Rose's form has been intriguing to me. His U.S. Open solid. His average length off the tee pretty much to her average. Um, He's been putting lights out. This could go terribly wrong, but I'll ride the hot flat stick. Um, he's second in this field in strokes gained putting over his last 12 rounds. So it could go all awry for me, but I'm willing to take the gamble on Justin Rose in that group because I don't have confidence in any of the other guys um, that he's matched up with. So that's one. Last one for me is another win bet. I'm taking Max Homa at 90 to one for a quarter of a unit. Max Homa jumped out to me from the very start because we're going back to the West Coast. If you remember when this podcast fell in love, or at least one of the members of this podcast fell in love with Homa, it was in the January, February swing where he won at Genesis, which is in LA. He had a really great run um, at AT&T Pebble Beach the week before. He played well in pretty much every West Coast tournament prior to- Yeah, he was, he was in Houston, California, really- Really bursts onto the scene in California for sure. Exactly. And then there was a question, well, like, can he do it on the East Coast? Because he's a Cali kid and he goes T10 at Arnold Palmer. He goes T6 at Valspar. This goes T6 the other week after missing the cut at the PGA. So I like I like Max Homa's ceiling here. I feel like at 90 to 1, I am very happy to have that for a quarter of a unit considering he won in a very tough field at Genesis. So to me, this feels like a fun flyer. And if I get really good Max Homo, who's got distance off the tee, has a decent short game um, and decent iron play, I could be in business. Yeah, my, I agree. Um, he hasn't played the best recently, but mm -hmm. his California swing earlier in the season and what he's done to this point uh, as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like Homo this week, uh, especially at 90 to one, like you said. Yeah, some juicy other things, odds. other things that didn't make your card that maybe you're considering. Zach Johnson, Mr. U.S. Open, zero distance, hits every fairway, good short game. But top 20, he's eight to one. It is like teetering on the edge of making my card. Don't think Zach Johnson's anywhere near the top of leaderboard, but his game somehow checks out at the U.S. Open and has for years. Anybody for you? Well, I'm considering maybe getting some Xander and Finau exposure just because they're competitive. Um, Brooks, I, I know I put him in the, that matchup parlay. I don't know if I want anything more than that. And then I was really thinking about Sergio to miss the cut. Uh, yeah. I don't at, like Sergio plus one thirty. Um, just hasn't played well in majors um, for the last little while now. So, you know, he's, volatile he's good yep. he's always good off the tee he's volatile um 
and uh, the results just haven't been there. So, you know, plus 130 to miss the cut is enticing. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger, but maybe. Spieth, buying or selling this week? Um, a little, um, a little buy, probably a small wow. buy. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a sell. I'm a sell on yeah. Spieth this week. I Even just though think- he's. Back if he can form. find him, I think if he finds himself in some trouble this week, it could be tough. But then yep. again, he's a magician. Sure is. Uh, so, you know, you, you never know. I don't think he's going to win this week. But if I had to pick one, probably a little buy. If if he is playing six irons and five irons into these greens through the rough, he has no shot. Yeah. So his, his driver, he needs to put it in the fairway. Otherwise. Which is a tall ask. Yes. Pun intended. Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Before we get into too many more dad jokes, let's wrap this up. I'll break down inside the leather and then turn it to you for double breaker. I'm backing Sam Burns top 20 for two units at plus 275. Webb Simpson top 20, two units plus 188. Mark is on the first round. John Rahm top 20 prop at plus 150 for two units. He'll also be backing Tyrrell Hatton top 20 for a unit at plus 250 and Johnny Vegas plus 225 for a top 30 for a unit. That is our inside leather card. More to come. Follow it on no lane ups website, as well as our sub stack. Mark will lead us into double breaker. Yeah. Double breaker. Your first one. First thing you listed. Let's go. Chan the week. Chan Kim top yeah. 20. Let's go. It's 10 to one for half a unit. Uh, you also have uh, four win bets. Xander for a unit at 14 to one Rory, uh, 20 to one Hovland at 22 to one. We may have to go to the, the rules and see if I can let you in on my 25 to one there, but <laughs> Hovland, place, so I'll just take the 22 and call it good. Yeah. Hovland 22 to one, uh, both those for half a unit and then home at 90 to one for a quarter unit. And you also have Justin Rose to win group F like Frank. Uh, and that group consists of uh, Rose, obviously, Fitzpatrick, Phil, Woodland, and Cam Smith. My double breakers, John Rahm to win at 10.5 to 1 for a unit. Hovland, 25 to 1 for half a unit. And then a matchup parlay, big time. Kepka over Bryson, Leashwood, uh, Leashwood. <laughs> Leashwood. Leishman <laughs> over Fleetwood, Morikawa <laughs> over Reed, Casey over Fitzpatrick, 12.5 to 1 for a half unit. Love it. And that is our U.S. Open card, Tory Pines, Thursday morning, primetime golf, all weekend long. It's going to be a great one. Walk in those bets, enjoy the tournament, and we will see you next week on Walking in Pod. Happy Father's Day to the dads. <laughs> <laughs>